Hello, and welcome back to this week's episode of the Coger Center Arts Roundup. All right, so we have two special guests with us. um, we, we've got a new uh, exhibit up in the gallery at the Coger Center for the Arts, and it's not just in the gallery itself. It, there's, it's also on the first floor. You'll notice a couple of new pieces right outside the gallery on the second floor. And then uh, in the gallery on the second floor, we've got Borders, uh, our new um, art exhibit, up for the next couple of months. Uh, and we've got uh, Lauren Chapman, who helped, um, what would you say, uh, curate... Uh, this yeah. and uh, Jamie Meisenheimer, who is the artist, um, and so Lauren, you could speak into. Oh, okay. Th- yeah. So we got two mics. We got uh, <laughs> two guests. So thanks, thanks for coming. Yeah, I just want to say first off, thanks for um, the opportunity to be able to show at the Coger Center in the first place, and um, getting to work in that space was really special. That's initially sort of the impetus for the show. The Coger Center specifically because of uh, my past history of kind of being there a lot. Um, And so when it came up as an opportunity, I kind of wanted to jump on that. And so Lauren, I asked for Lauren's help, help me get the show together and decide what to hang and what to kind of keep and stuff. And and yes, if Lauren wants to talk about that for a little bit. Yeah, so um, it was really great to get this opportunity. I've always wanted to curate a show and this is my first show I've curated. Um, I have a cool relationship with Jamie because she was actually my professor in painting at USC. And so after her teaching me all these amazing things about painting we became peers and then now we're colleagues so it's really great that she invited me because she could have totally done this whole show on her own but she got to include me which is great for my resume as well and to have the experience so so it is when somebody curates your show for you is that kind of like somebody producing your record uh, is that right it, 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 it could be in a sense um just in the sense that they help select it more as like a bigger thing it's like having a what's it called like an album that's a uh, concept album exactly a concept album instead rather of just, just a like, collection of what you like, yeah. might be laying around this is kind of a greatest hit so like i shouldn't say that really but like it is work from over like the past over 10 years and so it's not like a cohesive body of work that's like produced in the last little bit from an idea but it's more like selected over time to represent different places where i'd lived and stuff like that um so the title Borders mm-hmm. comes from? It really just comes from a fascination that I've had for a long time with um, just the space in between things, and that could be anything. I mean, this is like a abstract kind of idea or just like a physical thing. So much in painting, we talk about how they're made of edges, like the physical edges of um, how paint meets is really kind of what can make a painting. and. So Ever. not not you're not talking about the edge of the canvas. You're talking about where the two brush strokes. Yeah, collide. essentially, yeah, and what those kind of those things can kind of mean. But you get you can look and look and become tiny and look in there, and there's nothing there. But there's everything about how those two edges meet. And so I've kind of been fascinated with the idea of borders or edges and how that can define so much. But also there's just nothing there sometimes in those spaces, and it 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 kind of um metaphorically connects to the idea of the whole thing. A lot of the paintings are kind of, they're based on um, my relationship with my late husband who passed away a few years ago, but he was a philharmonic musician. He played the double bass and um, we were at the Coger Center all the time, but at the same time I was a working artist. And so our lives kind of um, going on in the background of all of that and any sort of idea of a show 
looking back at that and wanting to do something for the Cougar Center, I had this idea of um, these sort of lived experiences over this journey and how you can you can't really you can have these things that are edges and completely together and also never together and um it has more to do with that and we're i'm working on we're going to have some writing and stuff in the show so that people come in and check it out they can read a little bit more about each piece i'm gonna try to do that for this one and hopefully it'll give people a little more insight right so the, we just basically got this up on the walls this week yeah um one, one might even say this afternoon mm -hmm. so yes uh, the, the gallery's on the second floor uh the cover center's open nine to five monday through friday you can stop by anytime and and see it and then but more importantly we got into the idea of hosting art on the walls uh because people are in the building for we're the cover center for the arts right and people are in the building for the arts and people come early. Um, people will sort of sit around waiting for the house to open. Uh, and we thought we should give people something uh, to enhance their experience in the building, something to do, a reason to come early. Um, so if you're at a show, uh, you can stick your head in. Almost every show, the gallery is open. Sometimes there's a private reception in there. but. Uh, most shows, it's open before uh, the show, during intermission, after the show. And, and the great thing about having some works downstairs in between the staircases is that even if there's a reception, um, there's still some art, new art new on art the walls yeah. um, that you can enjoy that's different from what's uh, in the standard repertoire in the building. Mm -hmm. um, so uh, bringing that to the Cougar Center is great for us, and it, we're, our goal is to get it up on the website as well, um, and then we'll, we'll add some sort of program notes, as we would say it in the uh, performing art business, but mm. uh, stuff on the walls so, you, so people can learn a little more about it. But when you, uh, we, we talked, what, almost a year ago? Yeah, yeah. Right, about this? Yes, uh, it's um, been in development for a long, long time. Uh, and uh, so over the course of a year, so how, at what point in time did Lauren sort of come in? Mm -hmm. And um, tell us about the process of working with somebody to create a show. So mm -hmm. I know um, sometimes you have been holed up and you've just had, you've got 10 or 12 new pieces and that's obviously a show. It's the stuff you've done in the past six weeks or right. six months. But this has been a long time coming. So how, how did you how did you decide you needed somebody to curate this? And when you, the two of you talked, um, what, what's the theme? The, like what, what what? How did you select these particular pieces? And who did most of the selecting? Okay. Well, so it's it's a good. I mean, this is something we've talked about a lot with this because it's it's. It's something that's very important to me to work with um, my peers and colleagues and stuff to get an outside kind of opinion. And when you work well with someone like that, you can really like things click and you feel like you can get a lot done. And um, there's a friend of mine, Sarah McNeely, that I usually have around that goes to stuff like this and helps. And Lauren's always helped. We've all kind of worked together. But I actually took the paintings in my car, rolled up to like North Carolina where Sarah was because she wasn't going to be able to come help and we rolled them all out on the grass at her house and looked at them and at that point talked about it we talked about it then and then um, I knew that I needed to work with Lauren and I wanted to work with Lauren that it would be helpful for me just for me to kind of step back a little bit and not be like I'm in control of all this you know and and it helped so much like we had we had a lot of times um it just came down to like you were saying we just got it on the walls like yesterday some of it came down to just 
putting stuff up and cutting it yesterday, but we talked about it, you know, over time and stuff got added at the last second. It was all very like organic, I think. And, and some of it that you got into the space and you thought it definitely just is. for curating, just picking where each piece needs to be hung on that wall to like make the movement like organic and feel like there's some pieces that are pushing into space, like taking you in. And then there's other pieces that are more like figurative or you feel like there's someone coming up to you. So some of them are more about light. Others are about like an inside outside space. And then also considering the colors and how the co colors will move across the room in a circle and how you want to like have the contrast and make it feel like a magical feeling. So it's, it's, it's also really cool because I've seen her make a lot of these pieces. Some of them are like very older, but some of the new ones, it was really great to help her stretch them and figure out where they go on the wall. And it was the first time we'd seen them hung. And to see them in a large space like that, which in Colombia sometimes it's harder to get as an artist that big space to see all your work. So I've seen a lot of her smaller pieces hung up a lot but not as many of the big ones. So it was really cool to have all of these big, powerful pieces together in the space. And I hadn't really thought about this, but it's it kind of as important to decide what's gonna be in the exhibit as to it, where it is in the yeah. exhibit is almost as important as what's in the exhibit. Right. Mm -hmm. Is that right? right? Yeah, absolutely. So most of what we would do is you lay them on the floor, in front of where you think they would go and you lay them all out and sort of picture it that way and then we'd put them up we we'd put some up or have an idea and say oh that one would be great there and you think it would in your mind and then you put it there and it just would kill that wall and you can just feel it it's something it's hard to articulate and i'm sure you can if you it feels like when the paintings are right they just vibrate together like kind of like a van gogh painting or something like they can almost move and dance around the room when they're just right so like a feeling yeah. when when they were all hung up it was a really great like celebration like to see all of it mm -hmm. together and we did also that's another thing we did something about um large paintings they give you sort of a, uh, a psychology of scale like you stand in front of a big painting it's going to affect you in a different way than something that you're sort of intimately bringing yourself into and so these large paintings in this space, it's its amazing and it's such a great space, but we also had to, um, because of the, sc the scale of the paintings and size of them, we stretched them in the room. And it's a lot of really physical work and stuff to do all this. And Lauren and I went through the whole process of stretching and moving and hanging everything. So and we did it pretty quickly. Yeah, it's like, like it was almost it. effortless <clears throat> the way she, I mean, she's so good at it. She just like, it, I mean, when I'm stretching my paintings, it takes me, a long time but and then i learned from her how to stretch a painting more effortlessly and just it just seemed organically work and it only took it didn't take us as long as i thought it would uh, this may sound out of left field but the one of the things that i have enjoyed and i through the process of hosting art at the mm -hmm. Cogar center is how those of us who don't do it will almost literally handle everything with kid gloves <laughs> yeah. and the artist yes. will just grapple and manhandle the art uh so the first time What's you walked in and you had everything rolled up and you sort of just like flop them all out on the ground yes. you, you sort of go oh, what i know <laughs> it's... canvases are all just rolled up and you're just gonna like roll them right out like it was a picnic blanket right. Is that, am i seeing this correctly 
it was just funny to see you bring them in rolled yeah. up under your arm like very casually like i'm just gonna yeah wrangle um, these things now yeah, like, uh, i would have thought that you know they've been wrapped in butcher paper or they something they can be but uh, these weren't yeah so it was it was fun to see the process of you all in there hammering away uh, stretching the canvases yeah it did it did um it did go quickly and once once you've done that a few times it's kind of old hat it's not that big of a deal really to stretch a big painting i mean i mean you know like well usually when i do a big painting she helps me stretch it so <laughs> i'm lucky to have her as a friend to do that and then to see her do it so quick like i think it is something over time that you're it's just like you said old hat you just mm. do it and is that something that are these part of the mechanics of what they teach you when you were uh, in, in when, school? Like, when I was, it's well, a skill to be able to do that. Definitely. It, there's a right way and a wrong way. I'm sure there's a yeah. right way and a far less right way to For do sure. it. For sure. And I happen to, I was lucky to have a um, background in conservation the whole time I was in college and even kind of before I started, I was doing painting conservation. And so the technical and materials stuff was always kind of part of my background. But at USC, yeah. I think that there was a really unique um, focus on materials and techniques and that kind of stuff. Like you would learn how to make everything you were dealing with. Like, so kind of when you said I walked in with them all, I'm completely at ease with all my materials. I know them all so well that I feel like I can, you know, manipulate them the way I need to or whatever. And um, I think that's part of it too, is just sort of going with the flow. That kind of stuff can be super stressful. Yeah. But if you just kind of like, you know, ah, like, well, it had to... It fell down. The painting <laughs> fell down. We'll put it back up. up. Yeah, like, whatever, you know. Just do what you got to do. So. Um, did you both graduate from the university? Mm -hmm. uh, from the School of Visual Art and Design? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, we did, yeah. Bachelor of Painting, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Bo both a Bachelor of Painting. And Art History. Yeah. And Okay. Mm -hmm. um, and then, Jamie, you taught? Are you st do you still teach? Or Not this semester, but I have been teaching um, off and on, yeah, in the painting at SPAD in the art department at USC. And that's when I met Lauren. I yeah. was teaching classes there, and she was in the painting department. And just the students, I had such a good time teaching, but I really wanted to focus more on exhibiting artists kind of stuff right now. And I was teaching adjunct, too, which is kind of something that's a little easier to sort of slip in and out of, I guess. Um, but yeah, meeting Lauren there <laughs> and the team there and stuff, we've just kind of struck up a rapport at that time. And I mean, when people are so interested in a subject, you know, you develop those kind of... Yes, I remember when I started painting and I would come ask her for every color, which I should layer. And she's like, it's fine, just do your thing. But I was just like, I, really? I can just paint, you know, just learning that she taught me there's no pa rules in painting. And that was actually really great for me because then you just get to actually think more about what the content and the subject is rather than can I put this color next to this color? Like it just becomes more natural and about this artist statement as well. So she was definitely one of my favorite teachers and I, I learned so much from her. So I'm and I'm still learning from her, like Same. doing the curating the show. I've learned so much, so it's cool to have that sort of artist community. Um, when how how does one decide to become to get, you know go to school and become a painter? I mean, uh, if you just decide, then I don't know because <laughs> I didn't. I mean, I don't know. Just, no choice. No, just, <laughs> it just sort of happened to me. Just sort of happened. Did you go to? Um, I. I I think the great thing about a university is that you have all of these options available to you, um, mm -hmm. right? So we, you, USC has, you, you could have, you could have suddenly decided to become an engineer and you just would have swapped right over. Um, yeah. But did you, 
come to school wanting to study painting or did you sort of just stumble into it while you were here? Um, had you already, you know, did you painted prior to college? What's, what's the life story behind somebody who gets that degree? Well, for, for me, I, um, my story is convoluted and long. It took me like nine years to finish undergrad or so, and I changed majors like a million times. So I don't know if I'm a good role model for anybody. That's really <laughs> funny because that's my exact same story. Right. Well, it's, it <laughs> the seems artist like story. it's a pattern. Yeah. Right. Well, yeah, my first, I mean, my initial major was in, um, I think, like medical stuff and things like that. And I changed majors so many times, just had so many different interests. And I went to college in Oklahoma. I'm from Oklahoma. And I went to three or four colleges there before I came to USC. And did you come to South Carolina in order to attend here, or did you just find yourself here? I just found myself here. And then uh, here I was. started going to school because here you were. Right. But I'd always, I'd always, I never really went to school for art before that, but it was always just something that was in my life and something I was into, you know? And then I, um, before that, I think I was, I was very interested in writing, creative writing. I love to read, and I, I think that I... I felt like I was supposed to be writing or something, and I was doing journalism and all kinds of stuff. And then, and then I just kind of found myself around painters, and I started to paint, and it felt like I could say things in a way that I couldn't say with the writing. Like I didn't have the tools yet for the writing stuff, you know. And and with painting, you can just have these, you know, visual translations of things, and people can kind of take it whatever way they want. It doesn't have to be so. And writing doesn't have to be so much like that either, but I didn't have the tools at that time, you know. I think that one of those cliches that gets used all the time is a picture is worth a thousand words, mm -hmm. but we rarely mean this. Right. Um, but I think it applies. Right. Well, and, and words come from pictures, you know. I think that's my, like, it's like the primal inherent sort of, like, I mean, language coming from images you know and stuff like that like there being a real connection between symbol and being able to see a painting and share experience as humans and not really have to say anything about it you know um so i just i found myself here and ended up starting all over as a painter <laughs> and ended up i got a yeah a bfa in painting and a ba in art history on accident <laughs> yeah. You just sort of stumbled into Just sort of, I just had already taken so many art history classes. So they were just like, well, they if you do one more, you'll get a, a degree, <laughs> so might as well do it. I was like, all right, well. So, yeah, I think it, it, I, it was worth it to me. I mean, you got to find what makes you happy and do what makes you happy, I think. And after that, I went to grad school in Baltimore and um, kind of finally what, went to a, a graduate school. What, what, the, which school? Maryland Institute College of Art in Baltimore. And that was the first time I was really in like a art school environment and that was a lot of fun how was that different than say being in you know a, a college of art and design well, where here at the university um it the, the graduate program is very different in general i would say at, at usc we were always kind of all together like undergrads and grads it was like sort of a big group mix and that was fun and really great and um but at Micah, there was more just a, f a focus on us as exhibiting artists. We'd spent a lot of time in New York. We're close to those kind of areas, you know, and stuff. And just the structure of the whole program was based on studio. So we'd spend all week, like, working, and then we would have to hang our show. So, like, hanging our work was a part of our graduate school experience. And then we would have a guest critic or curator come in, and, like, we would get critted. And then everybody had jobs and stuff. And so anybody who wasn't getting a crit would be cooking for everyone at a house. And then we'd all go eat together. You know, it was just there was some neat 
you know, everybody sets up their program differently, but I had an interesting time there and it and was that different. that explains why you're so quick at stretching a canvas. <laughs> right. We've had to do, I mean, this is like, they, we had to hang and stretch and do all those things and it didn't have to be any big deal, you know, I mean, that was the tools and tricks of our trade and stuff, so. Hanging a show and hanging your work is part of making the work. I mean, being able to present it, you know, the way you want. And it, it is, I mean, that's one of the most important things is to take pictures of your work and have good images of it and keep a good sort of catalog of all your stuff so you have that if you ever need it. You don't forget about work or where it's gone or whatever. Um, but it is, it's very when difficult. When you sell something, you... You don't know where, yeah. You need the record of it. So it's good to keep, to keep a, um, an updated sort of catalog of everything like if you have a website or something you know so people can go and see now, and you just you build it i do have a website what is your website it's jmeisenheimer.com and your instagram is jmeisenheimer i'm awful to Jamie not i'm never never really been good at, at um, promoting so myself it's yeah it's just not my all right lauren's gonna look it up <laughs> yeah. but, I, but um uh, I, I want to encourage people to not only come to the gallery, come to, come to the Koger Center, come to the gallery and see the work, but uh, if you happen to catch us on the program here, again, we're, this is the Koger Center Arts Roundup. If somebody wants to see the work, uh, I'd love the, for them to be able to, we don't have it up on our website yet, um, but I'd love for people to be able to go to your feed and see it. And yeah. It's um, Jamie Meisenheimer. That's okay. your That's my that's Instagram, Instagram so that's, that's handle. Pretty straightforward. And yes. it's Jamie, J-A-I-M-E, Jamie. And um, are you selling the work? I am selling the work. I always have um, the work for sale. Some of the pieces in that show are on loan from people already, and some are not for sale, but I'm going to be working up but when we get the, the list. Right. Yeah. When we get the... Um, Information about the paintings, it'll it'll have it'll, all that. It'll, it'll have all of that mm -hmm. on it. Yeah. Uh, so one more reason to swing by the gallery itself yeah. and see how the uh, see the edges in real exactly. life. Exactly. Um, uh, one of the things that I have been doing on this program, um, I, I've I've stumbled across since we're talking about websites and that kind of thing and about art in person, is I, I stumbled across on the onecolumbiasc.com website. One mm -hmm. Columbia is. Uh, the local nonprofit funded by the city that really helps um, amplify art, uh, all right. the arts in the city. Um, they have this, my new favorite website of the, is the page on there of public art in Columbia. Oh, great. But um, it, it, there's publicart.onecolumbiasc.com. Um, has all, all of the public art. It's, it's really cool because you see stuff um, and, and I often don't give it enough thought. Well, if, I feel like that new space in front of the museum has a, is there new stuff there? That's such a great new yeah. space. The Boyd the... Plaza you're mm -hmm. talking about in front of the art museum? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. So for instance, the, uh, the sculpture out front is called Apollo's Cascade. Oh, see, I didn't know see, that. You didn't know that, no, right? I didn't. I, I didn't know that either. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> it's inside the Keenan Fountain on Boyd Plaza outside the Columbia Museum of Art. It was created by artist Rodney Carroll, uh, who resides in Baltimore. What? How about that, Call right? back, call back. Uh, it's reported that much of Carol's work is inspired by energy, which he identified about his own work by watching a hurricane hit the outer banks of North Carolina. What? The larger elements in his sculptures, often resembling wave-like curls, are his flexible landscapes. He also incorporates more slender rods or beams and sees them as energetic forces cutting through his forms like a storm pushing around sand on a beach. Hmm. 
the direction of the energy will change the way these sculptures turn and twist and interact. He has over 80 public artworks uh, since he began in 1983. That's cool. I didn't even know they had this, yeah, this site with all it's, the... It's somewhere somewhere like compiled. You yeah. get lost in it. Yeah, it's one of those rabbit hole kind of things or whatever. Yeah. Like. <laughs> um, and tonight's first Thursday, right? So. And tonight is first Thursday. So if you're out on Main Street... Um, Stop by Void Plaza. You can see Apollo's cascade. <laughs> yeah. You can impress your friends. <laughs> Tell you walk em. by. You can be like, "Oh, Apollo's cascade." From Baltimore, Carol. It's right? uh, Rodney run, Carol from Baltimore. Um, and I forgot it's first Thursday, and our friend Laura Hine has a show at Stormwaters too. Yeah, there's. Some... She's an oil painter, so that's going on as well. So uh, did, did that just open? Yes, it's opening tonight. Fantastic. Yeah. At Stormwater Studios, which is. Uh, Vista adjacent. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you can make it. Yeah. Just right down the just, just right down the street. Just a little There's, hot parking. Skip. There's parking. Mm-hmm. So you can uh, maybe swing by there on the way to First Thursday. Yeah. Um, so uh, Lauren, um, I, I feel like we we, we were asking uh, Jamie about how she became oh. an artist. <laughs> you had and you said. That you had a similar story. Well, similar in in, in, um, in that you in and twist, out of school tw- twists and bit. turns in order to get yeah. end up with a degree. I originally went to um, a small private college in Iowa for playing soccer and um, cheerleading. I was a left forward and um, cheerleading and art, but um, I was art education. And I actually was art education. Well, I I was out of school for a bit. Things happened, and then when I got back at USC. Um, my dad had moved here, so I moved here, and I was art education, and I was like a one credit away from art education, and I had um, student teaching, and that was all. And I met Pam Bowers, who is my um, pa- other painting professor, and I went to Italy, and I really had the best experience, and then I was asked um, by a, a art center in Iowa to have an exhibition. So all of a sudden I was like putting all of my energy into making 25 pieces for the show. And um, I just um, have never felt so happy as I am when I'm painting and um, being around painters and talking and learning about art. And so I decided to switch and now I am a full-time artist. Um, But it, it takes a lifetime, probably, to master painting, so it's not okay. necessarily. You're like, no, it's, I. Well, no, twenty six weeks. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I just mean like it's, it's nice to not ever feel like you. There's no mastering of really anything, you know. But also, it's just like the same as in like just in painting itself, like in any of that stuff. There's just no rules, so you just use whatever material or medium that you kind of need to do it. And I think once you just sort of realize that you you just do it, there's no trick, <laughs> but. You just try it, you know, and mm-hmm. just do it and see what happens. And but yeah, I think the most stuff that like both of us, we we work together a lot actually on our own pieces and stuff, and we've done a lot of sculpture mm-hmm. together and stuff like that. Um, what else should uh, the listening public here at WUSC oh. uh, know about you or about uh, becoming, uh, you know, a career in in the arts? Oh my gosh, it's great. Just do it right now. No regrets if you're thinking about it. <laughs> and I think, like, speaking about, like, mastering painting, it's great when you go and you look at all different arts and contemporary art 
and see like all all of these different ideas and how it's not just a master like there's not one process of materials you can use there is you can learn oil painting in the process of it but you can also just pick up a paintbrush dip it in some paint and start painting and see what you can do on your own without and, mastering something yeah. and the ultimate goal i'd say for like this show and all this this putting together of what we did and why we selected the things that we did was to just in the end to create something that is about kind of the simplest processes that kind of make us all similar, you know, losing someone or going through something or any of these sort of things. And um, so I'd encourage people to just come check it out and see it, see it as just like an object and something that carries and holds experience and texture and sensory stuff in it for them and just kind of see what happens. So, um, the exhibit is Borders by Jamie Meisenheimer. Um, it'll be up uh, most of the rest of this year. Uh, we, 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 haven't, we haven't set an end date. No. So, uh, <laughs> or an opening. I mean, yeah, like it's. Uh, we'll, 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 we'll announce an opening. Um, and we're we're, we're going to get we're going to get some program notes, as I like to call them. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll, we'll, and then we'll have a little opening and uh, we'll be sure to announce it on the show and it'll be announced on the Coker Center for the Arts.com website. It's also, it's just been really great, I wanted to say, working with the Coger Center and with you, Nate, and Lauren, because, Lauren, Lauren, the other Lauren, because um, just being able to come into a space and sort of allowed to try things, you know, and be like, can we do this? And just, can we, you know, and try it and do it instead of kind of, you know, red tape and making it all the same. I think that was, that was such a great opportunity and so cool. And well, thank we're, you. We're just excited to have it. Um, yeah, the, the goal... Uh, to give the to add on to your plug of the Coger Center, our our goal is to be a center for the arts in mm-hmm. the Midlands. Um, so not just the performing arts, but arts in general. And I think that the most important thing that you can do for artists is give them a space and give them space to do what they do. Oh, perfect. Yes. Right. Mm-hmm. So, Appreciate that very much. Uh, yeah. mm-hmm. We're we're excited to have stuff come through and. Uh, the, when this comes down, there's gonna be more great stuff coming yeah. up too. So this is an, an ongoing thing. If you're listening and you're an artist, uh, feel free Brilliant to reach out to us. opportunity mm-hmm. for um, artists around the area. Uh, we're trying to bring art to people, you know, visual art to people who don't think of themselves necessarily as people who would go see visual art. Mm-hmm. Um, where we're a place where people think of coming for a performance, and we're trying to get them to realize that they also like this. Yeah, for sure. Um, This concludes our episode of the Coger Center Arts Roundup. I want to say thank you to everyone for listening and for our special guest who was able to join us this week. The Coger Center Arts Roundup is produced in part by Garnet Media Group, the student media partnership at the University of South Carolina. Information about tickets and upcoming events can be found at cogercenterforthearts.com, the official website for Coger Center tickets. For more information about Garnet Media Group, visit garnetmedia.org.